<laughs> now you're a cannibal. How do you feel about that? I've been listening to Mabim Bam, which is my brother, my brother, and me, just because it's so good to put on in the background, because while I'm working, it's just, I used to normally put something on Netflix, but then I wouldn't ever really like watch it so people are like have you seen like house and haunted hill and i'm like yes sort of. <laughs> it was <laughs> the house it was, it was there and i watched like it was on in the like the whole thing was on and i was in the room at the same time don't you get yeah. jump scares no like <laughs> when there are moments when it's like don't you go and then like draw and like ruin my thing mm. no I, Alex used to say that I was soulless because I don't get tickled and also jump scares don't jump me. He's, you must be a psychopath. I think I am. Oh shit, I do have a head injury. <laughs> Probably. I? Also, once, I think I told you this, but oh, I'm so not proud of it, but I got a moth and I pulled all its legs off when I was a kid. <gasps> I don't know why, I think I just wanted to see what would happen. It's so fucking cruel. And I'm deeply, deeply ashamed <laughs> now. And after I did it, it was just like, what did I expect was going to happen? Oh, it kind of flapped its wings and then died because I pulled all its legs off. Oh, oh that breaks my heart. It's awful, isn't it? Do you respect me less now? Or are you more concerned than I am, actually? I was going to say, I, I would absolutely respect you less, except I have my own horrifying tale. <laughs> Don't cross me, I'll pull your fucking legs off. In South Africa, we have giant slugs. So, sorry, gi- giant slugs? Giant snails. These were slugs. Oh, are these, these were slugs. The, are these the, the big... I love them. The, you, you know the, the... There's a picture where a person's holding a giant slug and it's the size of a rabbit? Yeah, it's always like, that's a really weird looking rabbit. Like, Yay, I want it. I so want we it. have those. And I had just read that if you put salt on slugs, oh. things happen. So I poured salt on the slug. Oh, no. Um, I was young... It was horrifying. God. I just watched it die this death. <laughs> yeah. Why do we do these things? Are we people. fucking... <laughs> are we serial killers? I don't know. Are we? I mean... No, don't go I'll into my garage. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Okay. But you go first. <laughs> and I'm not wearing a wire. That's just my new earring. <laughs> Our entire podcast will be us trying to prove to each other that we're not cops. <laughs> Until our final episode, we'll be like, thank you, we have everything we need now. Thank you, and uh, the jury will probably go for a mistrial because our legal system is fucked up and doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, but they have, they basically recorded a coded episode. You see, actually, listeners, if you play the first sentence of each of our recordings, it's a hidden message for how we got <laughs> rid of the bodies. Oh shit! Edit that out, Philippa. They can't know. Fool them. It's the last sentence of each of us. Oh, good corrupt, good corrupt. I'm winking. No one can see you, but I am doing that. <laughs> I did find out that on Audacity we could make it play backwards. <gasps> it is horrifying. Okay, you're going to have to you show me that. You sound like you're summoning kind, some kind of Elder God. Yeah. We should do that at one point as well. We've been talking a big game about summoning an Elder God. We've yet to do it. We've actually got a podcast to talk about. Not just the murders that we do on the sly. Welcome to Everything's Awful Forever. We don't know how we made it as a species, but we're glad you're here. Oh, well done, your ancestors. I'm Philippa Evans. The part of Jessica Byrne today will be played by Six Badgers. 
So you'll notice that there's going to be a slight difference with the way that we do our episodes this week. Originally, when we started this podcast, we naively thought that we could fit all of our history into one 30-minute episode. (laughs) We were so wrong. So we've been doing them as hour-long episodes every week, but it's a bit crazy on the editing. We're not going to go back to half an hour. Instead, you get a full hour cut in half. Yay! So two half-hour episodes every week, Monday and Wednesday. Yeah, that way we can still talk about all the stuff that we want to do, so we're not cutting out content, which is what we talked about doing. So you still get good shit, like twice. So what are you complaining about? Stop it! <laughs> and knowing us, you'll probably get two 45-minute episodes <laughs> once a week because we can't shut up. Yeah, I just need to interrupt everyone all the time. That's just how I function, and I'm not <laughs> apologizing. Jess dies if her mouth isn't open. <laughs> Four minutes out of five. So. I'm like a shark that needs to continually be swimming or else I die. I need to continually have everyone have all the attention on me. Basically a weeping angel. Kind of like that. Oh, probably more like an obnoxious and obstreperous cat. Where it's like, actually, because I need attention all the time, Philippa actually has to give me little like tummy rubs while she's talking <laughs> to appease me. Anyway, good. That's what's happening. So speaking of bouncing, quivering breasts, <laughs> hysteria... <laughs> Which is what Jess will be when she finishes her energy drink. Oh my god, I'm, I'm already, like, I don't know if it's, it, can you, are you supposed to be able to feel your teeth? <laughs> I can feel them. They're, are they growing? I hate it. I'm shaking. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Squirrel! <laughs> Make it stop. I'm drinking more of it. So, hysteria. <laughs> Male doctors have been having funny thoughts about women's bodies for way over 2,000 years. (laughs) The ancient Greeks, for example, had all kinds of thoughts about female anatomy. I like it. I like it. It's got jiggly things. I like the the, the wobbly bits. And that's how the ancient Greeks spoke. Yeah, I like it. Got wobbly bits, but sometimes got non-wobbly bits, and I like it. I'm just going to bury my face here. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. Okay, can you... you um, fix me, doctor? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, but I'm just gonna pinch boat, boat, pink boat, boat. There, okay, good. You're cured. You're not gonna... I, I, no, I, like, scratched my nail on the cord of this... No, it was not my body, that's fine. <laughs> Call the Greek doctor! I, I'm here, yeah, what is it? Got a wobbly bit. <laughs> Got a bit wobbly bit. Stop it! <laughs> So, of course, way back then, the dissection of human corpses was taboo, as it has been in many historical periods. So much of what they learned about women's bodies, they learned by dissecting cows, because (laughs) same thing. That one gives milk. They both give milk. They both just stand around in fields chewing the cud. (laughs) Come here, Betsy. What? (laughs) But one part of the female body that really fascinated the ancient Greeks was the womb, or the hustera, as they called it. Very good. One Hippocratic text calls the womb the origin of all diseases, and I know what they mean by that, Mm -hmm. but I like to imagine swarms of bees emerging from uteri and rats and the apocalyptic horsemen just streaming out like a Pandora's box. Yeah, like you open your legs and just like (laughs) a plume of bats just like appears. Yes. Mm. I'm sure that's what they meant. Mm -hmm. Women's bodies were inherently inferior to men's. They're spongier and colder and moister and soft. (laughs) The ancient Greeks actually thought that women's bodies were naturally colder and that women were (laughs) half-cooked. 
So men were the fully cooked special sponge cake, whereas women were the soggy muffin that didn't do well in the oven. God, just... <laughs> Thoughts about women's bodies don't. Why have we always hated women? It's like, I'm going to go on another rant. But do it. Like, you know, incels and stuff, when they go on, it's like, we're like, saying that we've had it hard for a long time and men are like yeah but we get killed in wars more men and it's like okay let me just say that women are not the ones that start those wars for Mm -hmm. a start and two that's a war yeah it's terrible but this is the day-to-day shit living your life daily stuff that people didn't sign up for to do it's just you did this to us so Fuck up incels with your men get killed in wars bullshit and you know the incels complaining that you know men get killed in wars it's not like they're in the army. Yeah, incels don't make it to the army. Also, all the incels that are listening, which is none Zero. of them. Every <laughs> single one who's listening is like, yeah, I agree with everything everyone's already saying. So I don't know why I'm being so aggressive about it, but you listen to me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up and fucking listen. So women's bodies were moister than men's. And the womb needed moisture to thrive. So it would wander like a little mole through the woman's body, seeking fluid to <laughs> slurp up. <laughs> I love the womb mole. The womb mole. Yeah. <laughs> Can like, we have a womb mole? I will, I'll draw that. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you've got your, your star nose mole, your gold mole. And it's going to be like that. Very I cute. Like very gross. <laughs> very sludgy. So this belief carried on into Roman times. And the womb's wanderings were thought to cause pretty much every female complaint. It was basically just this tiny little murderer. It would travel <laughs> up and up the body into the throat, eventually causing strangulation and death. (laughs) And that's why women are always at a loss for words. Womb got your tongue. Uh. (laughs) So doctors are explaining this to women, and the women are looking back going, Uh, Are you fucking... uh, What? I have no words. And they're like, that's because your womb got Uh, your tongue. That's why you're not saying anything, Mildred. Mm. Science. I am currently also speechless. Because <laughs> that's just so... How did people fucking get to that conclusion? That's what just makes me wonder. Wombs. <laughs> so Greek doctors would have to lure the errant womb back to where it should be. And how to do this? Put something bad-smelling up by the nose, and something nice-smelling by the vagina. So like tempting an angry rabbit, it would make the womb kind of shuffle back to its spot. <laughs> Try it right now. Vinegar by the nose. Chocolate cake by the vagina. Bet you feel better. Someone walks in on you doing this, by the way. (laughs) Smearing yourself with cake while you've got, like, I don't know, rotten eggs by your nose. And you just go, don't come in! And then they back out and never talk to you again. I'm doing science! (laughs) Science! My womb! My womb bowl! And then, yeah. (laughs) And... (laughs) So the Greeks didn't use the worm, the worm, the Greeks didn't use the term hysteria or suffering in the womb, which is what it means. But we do get it from their word for womb, hystera. It's a pathological condition, which has a really fascinating history. A real rabbit hole that you can get lost in, and I did. (laughs) Of course. It's a lot like epilepsy in the range of myths that surrounded it and the bizarre remedies that were used to cure it. People didn't really understand it, so they just threw everything at it and maybe it will stop. It's a chameleon-like disease with, like, hundreds of symptoms, which imitate other diseases, and it changes depending on the culture that it manifests in. Some of the more regular symptoms include (gasps) 
shortness of breath, the feeling of the throat being obstructed, anxiety, fainting, insomnia, irritability, loss of appetite, trances, fits, loss of sight, abdominal swelling, paralysis, talking wildly, not talking, not <laughs> wanting sex, wanting too much sex, and emotional instability. That's a, that's a very busy day. That's a short list. Um, I think at one point it reached like 70 symptoms and they were like, Lord. and I can't write anymore, so just deal. I love it when it's like this or not that or, or this, this and that, but maybe also not Mm. You're a woman. You're hysteric. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal. One very disturbing symptom involved the body arching backwards into a circle, allowing the sufferer to roll around the room like a human wheel. <laughs> Excuse me. I sometimes go and pay to see people do that, because that's great. It actually occurred a lot during the Salem witch trials. Of course um, it did. I mean, the girls back then, they were thought to be tortured by witches, but... In another time, they might have been diagnosed with hysteria. I would go with demonic possession because... It's cooler. Small metal. Yeah, so it would terrify me. <laughs> yeah, imagine if you just curled up into like a... A backwards wheel. And then just rolled around! <laughs> oh, that's so scary. That is exorcist level shit. Yeah. It's not surprising that there have been long-standing disagreements as to whether it's a disease that's rooted in the body, or whether it's rooted in the brain and it's a psychological condition, mm. or whether it's just lies, women are lies, demons, manipulative sufferers, or whether it's just the product of medical ignorance. So doctors are like, oh, I don't know what it is, maybe it's hysteria. Yeah, but... it's like that kind of like misc uh, category. Exactly, mm. other. Yes. <laughs> So have we just been diagnosing people with hysteria when they were suffering from epilepsy or a tumor or they were dissatisfied with the oppressive social conditions in which they found themselves? I don't know. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't want to have sex. Greg, get off me. <laughs> I'm not hysteric. Mads. I'm dreaming about mads. <laughs> And if that's hysteria, I don't want to be cured. <laughs> Nowadays, medical professionals don't use the term hysteria, and they've moved on to more precise categories. Although some people, especially the sufferers, argue that it's a real condition. They're like, this is happening to me. I need you to acknowledge it. And doctors are like, nope, 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 done, nope. But I'm not a trained medical professional, and so I'm not going to get into that argument. You mean you've been lying to me all this fucking time? You thought I was a doctor. Well, why have I been calling you Dr. Feelgood all this time? Because <laughs> I do, Jess. <laughs> I do. So I'm going to look at the awful history of hysteria. So I've mentioned the ancient Greek theory of the wandering womb. Hysterical symptoms were also labeled as witchcraft or demonic possession at various points in history. But now we're in the Georgian and Victorian periods. Yes. Civilized times. Our favorite. So at this stage, hysteria was considered to be a nervous disorder, among other nervous disorders like hypochondria, the vapors, and the spleen. The vapors? The vapors. Oh, and spleen. I love spleen. Now, for the vapors at least, I think the explanation for it was that the womb was quite wet, and so it sent <laughs> off vapors that went up into the brain. But don't quote me on that, because I think I just read that as an aside. By nervous, I don't mean, ooh, I don't want to have sex, and now I'm anxious that some man is going to light a Yankee candle beneath my vagina to bring my womb back down. I'm more referring <laughs> to a disorder of the nervous system. But it could be both. It could really be both. It's both. It's definitely both. Does it have to be the raspberry, my love? I like the autumn comfort one. It's not about you, darling. It's about what your womo likes. Women and their fucking pumpkin spice. Shut up, Mildred. <laughs> it's strawberry time. Shut up, Mildred. <laughs> it's strawberry time. Medical Teacher. disclaimer. Don't like candles beneath your vagina. Do it. 
Absolutely. Do, do, do that. Do it. The variety of symptoms that you get with hysteria are all related to the single cause of your nerves being weak. It's an underlying explanation for all types of medical conditions. It's completely wrong. Basically, the medical condition is you are female, and you didn't have the foresight to grow a penis. Well, well. Oh. Actually. Oh. I think you'll find. <laughs> I don't want to hear about things that happen to men. It upsets me. So, at least hysteria for the time being is now no longer located in the womb. It's located in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So, men and women could now both be hysterics. It's equal opportunity. Equal. Except it was still pretty much just women. Well, yeah. Men were the exception because they were more likely to be diagnosed with hypochondria, which back then was basically the same disease. <laughs> so one is for men. One is which for is women. More, it's like, you know, when you go and it's the exact same product, but one is like for men. And um, there's like that, that fucking uh, shower gel. One is like serene dream for women. And it's called cleaning tool for men. You go for men, there's like storm flavor. <laughs> Gun. <laughs> Sycamore. Sycamore. Lion tamer. Dragon. <laughs> Fucking fight. And then with women, it's like powder soft. Silky, luxury, bunny rabbit. <laughs> so it was basically like that. Hypochondria. Hysterics. <laughs> for women. Like, it, it wasn't a neat gender line. You did get people either way. Yeah. But the majority of hysterics were women. Mm-hmm. And the majority of hypochondriacs, I think, were men. I wasn't reading about hypochondria. I don't know. Don't Google it. <laughs> Factually adjacent. Hashtag. <laughs> Just trust me. These nervous disorders were very different to being diagnosed with madness. Although social perceptions of madness changed throughout the 18th and 19th centuries, the mad were often seen as animals. You can't cure them. You can't reason with them. You have to restrain them. And violence is the only language they understand. Mm. You can't do that to Mildred from the middle class, who's just a little bit cheeky. Um, She just doesn't want to have sex with her husband. You can't whip her with her. Have sex now. You're going to work, bitch. Nervousness was more genteel than your run-of-the-mill madness, and you could attempt to cure it. And I'll get onto the cures later. But doctors now pandered to their wealthier clients and suggested nice little cures for fashionable disorders. <laughs> because, and this might surprise you, Jess, but rich people have problems too. I don't think that's true. No one wants to admit it. We just look at them and go, Oh, your gold toilet seats aren't shiny enough. <laughs> well, I don't know, Jeff. Why don't you go save the Amazon? That'll make you feel better. We just don't... So- oh, wrong timeline. <laughs> Where am I going? Here? Where are you going, Philippa? No. I suggest nothing. <laughs> So the wealthy could be reassured that their feelings mattered and that their sufferings were valid and yet not too pathetic. You know what? No one's life is harder than than mine. No. You know? It's very hard owning five mansions. And when you've got to manage, like, what, 23 billion, I don't know, then it's just... Where do you find change for TikToks I don't, in that? I, I, it's so hard, and your servants don't understand or appreciate you. They just glare. You no know they're matter. spitting in your soup. They... And I like it like that. But they don't know that. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what it's like to be me. Our three billionaire listeners will be like, oh, I do have problems. And we'll be like, well... But I do have problems. No one cares. Uh, Tarquin, fuck off. 
Bethlehem. <laughs> I don't know which people have <laughs> Something polysyllabic. (laughs) (laughs) So one Scottish physician, George Sheen, was a real mad lad. There we go. (laughs) Oh, you said a kid's words. A a slang, I think it's called. (laughs) I think it is. So he weighed nearly 450 pounds and set himself up as a diet doctor. (laughs) Aww. And... I'm not making any jokes, but the author of the book I was reading absolutely... What? He's not harming you. Leave him alone. He died. (laughs) That joke's not funny. I couldn't believe this book. It's so well researched. It's one of the best books on hysteria, but... Are you okay? (laughs) So, quiet doctor. His various mood disorders caused him to have a lot of sympathy with the hysteric and the hypochondriac, and he used the sympathy to lure in wealthy, sensitive clients. <laughs> he had some funny ideas about hysteria. For one of his wealthy patients, Catherine Walpole, I'm going to try to pronounce that. Walpole. Walpole? Walpole? I don't know. British name. He thought that her lack of periods were the cause of her hysteria, because the blood built up and went to her brain... She died. Oh, oh, shit. Periods, they just, they're like, they, you, you spill if you don't. <laughs> you spill. <laughs> if yeah. you don't let it out, mm. it goes to your brain. Of course. Makes you hysteric and kills you, so stop clenching, women. <laughs> just let it go. I know you can hold it in scientifically, according to that one American, like, On senator or something that I listened to. So just don't hold it in. Relax. Unclench your thighs. You can do it, girls. Let's go. Let's it's, go, girls. It's for our mental health. What Sheen was really good at was not saving women's lives, but he was great at flattering the rich, especially the sick rich. The English like to poke fun at the French by referring to syphilis as the French disease. <laughs> and in turn... The French mocked the English for their fragility, like their melancholia and their hypochondria and their hysteria. So Sheen turned that around. And he explained the English propensity for nervous disorders by saying that it was because they were the naturally superior race. Mm. When you're as cultivated as the English elite and so refined, it's easy to fall prey to overly sensitive nerves. You're delicate. You're beautiful instruments. And you've got these golden strings that vibrate at very specific things. I don't know. Music level. <laughs> so Sheen said that those affected were, and I quote, of the liveliest and quickest natural parts, whose faculties are the most bright and spiritual, whose genius is most keen and penetrating, and particularly where there is the most delicate sensation and taste. I feel that is all true about Myself and all British people. He diagnosed himself as hysteric, so <laughs> he wasn't it biased. Must be true. So, for this half of the episode, I'm going to end it on a very special man, one that lies close to my heart, Franz Mesmer. Mesmer! <laughs> He's the best. I didn't know how great he was until. Yeah. So, he operated first in Vienna and later in Paris, and he thought that he'd found a new principle that controlled the body and which he had mastered. And this was animal magnetism. (laughs) Would you say that it was mesmerizing? (laughs) That's actually where the term comes from. (laughs) 
The nervous system wasn't very well understood during the Georgian and Victorian period. The Victorians agreed that the nerves relayed messages between the mind and the brain and the body, and maybe it did so by fluid or fibers or vampire ghosts. Something. All of the above. Yeah. Mesmer was like, tis none of these. It's like electricity, but not. So a subtle electricity-like power unique to the human body. And some wizards, I mean people, can control this mysterious force. Stop laughing at me! (laughs) But nobody laughed at him. At least to start with. So Mesmer kept on going. You could charge other people up through the force of your gaze, or through the laying on of hands, or through Reiki, like, almost touching. You could put that animal magnetism charge in a person to kill them. Or you could sit in a tub filled with iron filings with protruding rods that patients held onto to access the stored magnetic energy. <laughs> so Mesmer's biggest patient in Vienna was a blind pianist of about 18 years of age called Maria Theresia Paradis. After being treated by him, she claimed her sight, and everybody was very impressed because she was like, I can see he's the real deal. <laughs> he's a magician wizard boy. <laughs> But then Maria realized that nobody wanted to pay to see a non-blind teenage pianist. And so, whoops, there went her sight again. (laughs) And the whole scandal meant that Mesmer had to flee to Paris. He was very popular in Paris, and the aristocratic women all flocked to him with their hysterical maladies and got to sit in his special tub all together, ladies. Maybe be naked. I don't know. (laughs) So he'd play soft music for them including the glass harp, which he was apparently very good at. Wow. I know. That's the most decadent thing I've ever heard. I know. Mesmer, man. He'd dress in a lavender silk robe and brush the ladies with um, a magnetized iron rod. I take that back. That's the most decadent thing I've ever heard. It is absolutely a a euphemism. (laughs) A mesmerism. Should I take my rod and uh, brush you, ladies? Or... He would magnetize the trees and streams, which is not a thing that I've ever imagined doing before, and take everybody out for a garden party. He ended up with quite the hysterical cult following. (laughs) And real doctors were very jealous and vindictive because they didn't have ladies in their tubs. (laughs) They're like, I'm doing real fucking science and it sucks and I've got no bitches. He was eventually forced to leave Paris when he was exposed as a charlatan. But he continued to have an underground following. Including, including Charles Dickens. I was just going to say, he's a Dickens. So I was like, no, I Fucking can't. Fucking Dickens. <laughs> Absolutely him. Oh, Dick. Charles Dickens, when he's not watching executions, he's sitting in a tub full of iron filings. Getting crushed by a rod. <laughs> oh, Chuck, what you doing? So... <laughs> We'll be back with more Hysteria on Wednesday. But in the meantime, if you want to carry on the conversation with us, come find us at AwfulForeverPod on Twitter, or you can tell your friends about our podcast, which would be really cool of you. And now, we can finish off with Some Things Are Nice Sometimes. Some Things Are Nice Sometimes. Would you like to go first? No. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Oh, I I guess I have one. So I recently have been doing a lot more Twitter than I had before, and... It's been a tough week for Twitter, let me tell you. On Monday, I was getting Game of Thrones spoilers. 
fuck off. Oh. And then the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer oh. happened, and every single fucking tweet I scroll through is, Sonic looks bad! Sonic looks bad! I hate Sonic! Blah. And then people are being like, how dare you say that Sonic looks bad? Sonic looks great! And then people are like, how dare you say how dare I feeling how I feel about Sonic and then just getting into a big thing. So I learned that you can mute words on Twitter. And <gasps> now my Twitter is just like, look at this cute rabbit. Grass is nice. <laughs> this is good. And nary a mention of Sonic to be seen. I wish I'd known because I have looked into Sonic's dead eyes. <laughs> I mean, he looked kind of jazzed up. <laughs> and I respect all the artists and the people that worked on it. But it looked mm-hmm. bad. I hear they're overhauling it now. They are. Yeah, they're like, okay, Oops. okay uh, yeah, we agree. It's, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. But who managed to look at that taxidermy abortion and be like, <laughs> yes, I'm happy with this design decision. It's one of those things where it's like, probably all the artists, the animators and everything working on that were like, we, this is bad. But the higher ups like, make it more human, make it creepier. And they're like, and then they have been like made to do it. Listen, Jonas from Upper Management, you don't know what human beings look like anymore. <laughs> You're too far above. This is something that maybe only a handful of people will get. Did you ever watch Full Metal Alchemist? Uh-huh. I saw someone do a picture of you know that doctor, and he's got he holds a little hedgehog in one hand, and he's got his daughter in the other, and he's like, hmm, <laughs> that made me fucking laugh. For six hours. Yeah. <laughs> He's was... like, Nina, this little blue hedgehog that I have in my hand, this is going to be good. <laughs> well, that's a very happy place to yes. be <laughs> The deadened eyes of a creature that wishes only for death. Exactly. That's us until Wednesday, and until then, everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. Don't or be... is it? 